Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Huge sports Saturday. Twins Astros later. Pre-game lineup card. Extended playoff version with Chris Satterbury at 245. Chris joins us in an hour for a tease. Kind of look back at the first two games. Outstanding pitching, great fielding in that series, timely hitting, twin sweep it. And now it's on to the ALDS. Bailey Ober the call tonight against future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander. And we'll get started at 345 with that. Quick check of the Major League scoreboard. Uh, they're getting ready after a rain delay in Baltimore. They had a front move through some showers. And... Uh, they're going to be uh, starting that one uh, very shortly. Once again, Rangers and Orioles. Once again, Twins and Astros a little bit uh, later on. That's a 3:45 start. Then the NL tonight, Phillies-Braves from Atlanta. That starts at 5.07 our time. And then tonight at 8.20 Central, Arizona and L.A. And of all the travel, that that flight from Phoenix to LA that that's a quickie, that that is a that's a quick quick flight between the two towns, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the LA Dodgers. So uh, we're we're down to the final eight in the Major League playoffs with the division series beginning to ma- today. The American League will continue tomorrow. Day off for the National League on Sunday. Speaking of other sports going on in town, Gophers. Wolverines, you heard Al a moment ago, Little Brown Jug on the line. Michigan's obviously dominated the series here in the modern era, and they are ranked number two and a huge favorite tonight. Andy Greeter will join us in about 35 minutes to talk Gophers Wolverines tonight and the firing of Loon's head coach Adrian Heath. That is coming up later on in the hour here on News Talk. E-3-O-W-C-C-O. So we'll keep an eye on what's happening in college football as well. Red River rivalry still at the half. Oklahoma leading Texas 20-17. to How about this game? Still at the half. Uh, Maryland and Ohio State uh, tied at 10. Number four Buckeyes at home having trouble with the Terrapins. And now early in the third, number 21, Missouri, leading number 23, LSU, 25-17. If Missouri wins, LSU would fall to 3-3, three and three, and uh, the seat would get very warm for Brian Kelly down in Baton Rouge. All the other games in the top 25 
coming up later on. Full slate of games in the Big Ten are underway uh, already today, uh, including Wisconsin leading Rutgers 17-0 in the third down in Madison. And then there was a game on Friday. I, I don't know if this is just strictly television programming. Nebraska wins at Illinois 20-7 on Friday night. All the other games coming up this afternoon or, of course, tonight, number two, Michigan at Minnesota uh, this evening. So there you go. And on the uh, area scoreboard, full slate of games in the MIAC just getting underway. St. Olaf at Carlton, Augsburg at Hamlin, Concordia visits St. John's Gustavus, travels to Duluth to take on St. Scholastica, and tonight Bethel in St. Paul to play McAllister. In the Northern Sun, two games underway. Augustana leading Southwest Minnesota State 7-0. Just underway, quarter number one in Sioux Falls. And the University of Sioux Falls leading at Concordia St. Paul 20-14. That game at the half, that was a noon start. MSU Moorhead, Minnesota State uh, underway momentarily. UMD at Wayne State, that game just underway down in Nebraska. All right, you're caught up to date on the scoreboard. On Friday, Jason DeRosha had a chance to visit with Twins General Manager Thad Levine. Let's catch a part of that. Here's J.D. Twins with Game 1 of the American League Divisional Series right here on WCCO Radio tomorrow. Make sure you're listening to the terrific radio broadcast, pregame at 2.30, first pitch at 3.45, and the news just breaking this afternoon that the Twins have decided on their Game 1 pitcher. Thad Levine, general manager of the Twins, is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Thad, thanks for being with us. Congratulations. What a week, huh? It's been fabulous. It's been absolutely tremendous to see our fans come out and enforce for those two games, electrified the whole stadium, I think elevated the level of play of our guys. It was all they were talking about in the clubhouse. It was so exhilarating to see. What? Let me ask you about the game one decision since since, uh, the starting pitcher decision just came out uh, late this afternoon. Bailey Ober, the pick. What what went into that uh, decision? Because there were, you know, there there were uh, plenty of options, which is a nice situation to be in, at least that there were plenty of uh, starting pitching options for you. Well, and you're absolutely right. The, The options were born out of the fact that we were able to win the first series in two with, with Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray pitching so effectively that we were able to effectively save our other three starters right. for consideration for that one start. You could have gone, could have gone, Joe, uh, could have gone with Joe Ryan, right? Since he didn't pitch Game Three, right? And, and I think other things that factor in. I think uh, first of all, I think we're going to see uh, Joe Ryan. We're going to see Kenta Maeda pitch in this series. Kenta is the one uh, pitcher of the three who's had the most experience coming out of the pen. Mm. I think that came into consideration for sure. But as we're you know entering into a second series, we need four starters. So I think you're going to see a lot of those guys get opportunities to start games. And for those who aren't going to start, they're going to be pitching meaningful innings late. So it was less of a hyper-focus for on game one and more of how did it line up best uh, for a five-game series with the, with the goal, obviously, to win three. Yeah, interesting that, that you have to play out, you have to kind of game plan this out a little differently because you do need – you need three wins. It's different from like, you know, it's, you look at Toronto it, for them, it was over two games. Boom, you're done. So you can't, you, it, you just play it out a little differently, I suppose. 
Exactly right. And I think you're, you're looking at a scenario where obviously we're going to try to get back to Pablo and Sonny as soon as we can. We'll be able to do that early in the series. Uh, but, you know, I think we're looking at game four is as important as game one. Yeah. Uh, we also expect, uh, you know, maybe some slightly different temperature environments in both those games. And so that factors into a little bit of guys' pitch mix, comfort in pitching in different settings. Uh, and I think that factored into this decision a little bit as we were making it. Thad Levine is with us. It it does go to how data-driven and information and analytical this game has uh, become uh, when when you're considering things like the Houston temperatures versus the fact that game time here on Tuesday, it's probably going to be, what, like maybe 50 degrees on Tuesday afternoon, 52 degrees It'll it'll be it'll be a little chilly. It's sort of April-like weather for us on on Tuesday back at home. Yeah, and you know we were we were so fortunate uh, for the first series. We had the first game was in the the low to mid 80s. The second game was in the low to mid 60s, and we're going to start uh, tapering off. But I think these guys are used to playing in that weather this time of year. You, you hope to play in games uh, late in the season where weather becomes a factor again, because that means you got deep in the season and. And, you know, in terms of the analytics, I think what we aspire to do is we're, we're grounded in the analytics and all the decisions we make, but we also make those decisions humanly. So Rocco, the, the pitching coaches, uh, bench coach, Jason Tingler, Pete Mack, they all get together and they have like they put their heads together and they really have a great game plan as to how to best align our pitching to put us in the best position to win. And then we hope it works out just the way they plan it. Thad Levine with us here on CCO Radio. You know, Thad, when when the Twins hit the trade deadline this year, there was a fair amount of second-guessing the fact that there wasn't a massive marquee move, that the Twins seemed to be, and, and you seemed to be saying, look, we've got the offensive firepower. Uh, they just need to start hitting. And I'm sure for you as a GM, you, you get in a point where you're like, Am I like, is, am I conning myself <laughs> that these guys are just going to be able to turn it on? But the patient approach, uh, you know, certainly seems to have paid off because the bats started uh, firing in the second half of the season. Well, first of all, wait a minute. People were second guessing us. I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Do you? you know, I, well, I, let I me think... ask you that. Do you ever second guess yourself in that scenario where you're like, "Man, did I should should we have been more aggressive?" Well, you, you know, I, I think I think in that in this situation specifically, first of all, I think we review every decision we make, good good or bad, and we try to learn from it and figure out how could we get better. So uh, whether we call that second guessing or whether we call that just kind of evaluating everything we do, it's, it's a constant process for us because mm-hmm. we don't think we're we've got it all figured out by any stretch. So we're constantly evaluating the new information and trying to trying to make the next decision better than we made the last. But in this case in particular, I think what gave us a, a sense of optimism was two things. One, we, we had a number of guests who were on the injured list who we were hopeful were going to come back. And we kind of sized that group up and said, there was no one we were going to acquire who was going to be more talented than the players who we could get healthy at that time. Mm-hmm. And then secondarily, we had this group of young players who were starting to emerge at big league level. And we all know that it's exceptionally difficult to make that transition from the minor leagues to the major leagues. And so while they may have gotten off to some slower starts, we were hopeful that they would start picking up some steam. And I think we've seen that in, in guys like Edward Julian and Matt Wilner and Royce Lewis and, you know, even some of our second year guys and, like in third year guys and Ryan Jeffers and, and Alex Kirilov, we just started seeing them start pick up some momentum 
kind of kick off some of that rust of the transition and becoming more comfortable and especially in the big leagues. We rely heavily on our coaches uh, as we're making those decisions. Are you guys seeing something that gives us cause for optimism and hope? And, and the answer in the refrain was pretty consistently yes. Mm. And so, therefore, yeah. we, we had a pretty high bar of what it would take to improve the team. We felt a lot of that improvement can come from within. We put a lot of faith in those coaches. We put a lot of faith in those players. And so far, it's really paid off. Thad Levine is with us uh, in Houston as we get ready for the AL Divisional Series. How much credit is Joe Polad taking for breaking this long streak? I mean, his first year really running the show. Is Joe just running around, just puffed up, taking all the credit? Well, I I think for... For you and for our fans who know the Polet family, uh, that's about the exact opposite of how they conduct <laughs> yes. themselves. They, yes. they they are the type of family that absorbs all of the negative uh, yeah. feedback and, and really defrays all the positive to everybody. They're exceptionally supportive. But I think they're fans as well, and they, they were so ardent in their pursuit of delivering uh, positive experiences for our fans and memories for our fans that they could hold on to for generations. And, you know, I, I think we all understood uh, that we were 0-18. I don't know that if any of us truly appreciated the gravity of it until we saw the the raw emotions of not only our employees and our fans, but also our players when we yeah. won that first game. Yeah. It really hit home as to how much uh, that was that was really holding back our fan base to have just euphoric experiences in, in Target Field, which we aspire to treat them to on a nightly basis. And I think once we got that first win under our belt and now that first series win under our belt, now we can just go have some fun at the ballpark, and then that goes to the players and the fans alike, but also, I think, to the Polad family. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I was there Tuesday. I bought seats uh, in the Kirk Cousins section. Apparently, both of us went uh, went, went online and bought, bought tickets, and I was there with my 16-year-old. And it's a night that we both will remember for the rest of our lives. We will tell that Royce Lewis story uh, it just was an unbelievable night it, from from the beginning uh, with the national anthem. You had a sense that something different was in the air. And I know this sounds a little ridiculous, right? In an era where we analyze and we train and you have every data point imaginable. But things were just going the Twins' way, and it really felt like the fans believed and the players believed. It felt different to me anyway. Well, you know, I, I don't know that I could perfectly put my finger on the psychology of a fan base, but I, what I have witnessed over my lifetime is sometimes those 0 for 18s or those droughts that teams like the Chicago Cubs or the Boston Red Sox have, those galvanize a fan base more than the wins do. It's, hmm. If you're in the trenches with one another for, for all the losses, those wins seem that much more uh, idyllic and, and sweet. And so I hopefully for you and your 16-year-old and for all the fans who have weathered the storm as long as they've had, it makes these wins, you just cherish them a little bit more. You don't take any of them for granted. Kind of as a juxtaposition to the team we're about to play, who's played in the ALCS <laughs> for the last yeah. uh, half, half decade. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a different experience. Like we're, we're coming in with a hunger and with a sense of optimism that is just uh, almost invincible right now because we weathered the storm that you referenced. And I think that really galvanized the fan base together. And while no, most of our players have not witnessed the lion's share of those losses, I think they understand the identity and they are extremely 
proud to be part of the group that broke the streak and can now yeah. live along shoulder to shoulder with the fan base in, in hopefully establishing a new streak and, and bringing this franchise back to its rightful state of, of, of joy and happiness on a nightly basis. Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait uh, to see you guys back here next Tuesday, and I'll be uh, jumping up and down, hopefully just like I was uh, on, on last Tuesday with just a terrific series. Uh, Thad Levine, we appreciate it. Thanks thanks for being with us, and uh, hopefully you can steal a couple down there in Houston this weekend. That would be ideal. And the last thing I'd just like to say is, once again, thanks to the fans. It it really was the heartbeat of the team. The success hinged upon all of the electricity they had in the stadium, and hopefully they will be back back there in droves again when we get a chance to come back to, to Target Field. No doubt. Thanks, Thad. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Jason DeRush. Uh, great chat with general manager Thad Levine on Friday, uh, kind of talking about Bailey Ober and really ending with the fans is brilliant because it really was something. Um, the, the, the way the fans turned out for – Games one and two in that sweep of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, No doubt a complete difference maker. And it helps when Royce Lewis comes back from the injured list and hits a couple of home runs uh, early in the ball game in game one and really gets everybody revved up. And then pitching and some outstanding fielding plays. Carlos Correa. And I've said this since day one when he first came over to the Twins and then re-signed. Even when there's been struggles with the bat, a phenomenal shortstop. You know, even even if he's in a hitting slump, terrific shortstop. And that, that play, game one, to range to his right, throw on the run, and get a Blue Jay at the plate. That That is great stuff. Quick break, 124. We'll have an update. College football. Uh... We'll have more on the Twins, some highlights from games one and two in that sweep of the Blue Jays. We'll have another look at the lineup. Chris Atterbury will join following the news and weather at two. Phil Miller will join us from Houston. He covers the Twins for the Star Tribune. And, of course, our extended pregame lineup card begins at 2.45 with Chris. Corey Provost, Stan Gladden with all the play-by-play at 3.45 today. Here on the home of the twins, News Talk, 830-WCCO. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. 
8.45 with the lineup card. Chris Atterbury, he's scheduled to join following the news and weather at 2 with a preview, kind of a look back at the wild card round and a sneak peek at what we can expect on the lineup card today. And then, of course, an extended post game tonight and then a special Saturday night edition of Final Pitch following the ball game here on News Talk 830 WCCO. They are underway in Baltimore, Texas, and Baltimore scheduled for a noon central time start. Uh, finally got underway, and they are scoreless in the bottom of the first. Rangers and Orioles, teams have exchanged hits, but still scoreless. Texas and Baltimore in the bottom of the first. Twins and Astros once again at 345 central. Then later in the day, Phillies and Braves from Atlanta, the nightcap, Diamondbacks and Dodgers. NL takes Sunday off. Of course, the American League will continue play tomorrow with Game 2, Twins and Astros, scheduled for tomorrow night here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. College football scores, Pioneer Football League, St. Thomas leading Butler, 10-3 at the half, jumping over to the Northern Sun. Augustana leading Southwest Minnesota State 14-0 after one. In the third now, Sioux Falls leading Concordia-St. Paul 20-14. Minnesota State and MSU Moorhead just getting underway down in Mankato. And, or excuse me, haven't quite started yet. With Wayne State leading Minnesota Duluth 7-3 down in Nebraska. That came now on to quarter Number two, and uh, the MIEC scheduled today just underway. Uh, college football, number 12 Oklahoma leading number three Texas at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. The Red River rivalry there in the third. Sooners lead at 27-17. to 17. Maryland at number four Ohio State midway through the third. Tied at 17, and LSU has gone in front. Of Missouri, number 25, LSU, or excuse me, number 23, LSU, leading at number 21, Missouri, 27-25. Late third quarter there. All the other action in the top 25, including number 2, Michigan, at Minnesota tonight. Uh, The Wolverines overwhelming 18.5-point favorites. They're 5-0, 2-0 in the Big Ten. Minnesota 3-2, 1-1 in the Big Ten. Andy Greeter joins us here in about 15 minutes from the Pioneer Press to preview that and take a look back at Adrian Heath's tenure with Minnesota United FC. The Loons have moved on. We'll get into that with Andy before the end of the hour. Here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Twins Astros about an hour away, with the lineup card anyway. First pitch a little over two hours away. We have an extended lineup card, Chris Atterbury. He's scheduled to join us in about 30 minutes uh, to tease what we'll hear on that hour-long lineup card today. We do know Bailey Ober will be on the mound against future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander, as you might expect, has a pretty good record against the Twins over the years, but it is the here and now, and you, you can't really look too much at historical information. And we, we learned that in the wild card round. Uh, twins were on an 0-for-18 skid in the playoffs. Different teams, different players, um, different managers, different management. 
Nevertheless, franchise-wide, it was 0 for 18. Well, they exercised those demons with a sweep led by outstanding pitching, starting and bullpen, and terrific fielding in both series. You go back to Correa's play, uh, ranging from almost behind the bag to near third base to pick up the ball and throw a dart to the plate to get Bichette to end a threat. Huge, huge play in that series. Then, of course, Royce Lewis, fresh off the injured list, hits a couple of home runs in game one, and twins sweep that wild card round over Toronto two games to none. On to take on Houston in the ALDS in Houston starting later today. Uh, We mentioned the Twins lineup again. Here's how they're going to go. By the way, uh, the Twins ALDS roster was announced. No Byron Buxton. Uh, Today it'll be Julian at second, Polanco at third, Lewis DHing, Kepler batting cleanup. He'll be in right field. Kirilov at first will bat fifth. Correa at short. Walter in left will bat seventh. Jeffers will catch and bat eighth. Then Michael A. Taylor will be in center field. And I've been thinking a lot about this season and the ups and downs, the, the struggle the lineup had to produce runs in the first half. Lights out starting pitching. And the thought was going into the break that this Twins team should have blown open the division by then. And, and they didn't. But they had a terrific second half. Uh, Max Kepler was a huge part of it. Max Kepler, you know, was one where you could argue... Is Kepler on the brink of being designated for assignment and not wearing a Twins uniform anymore? Max Kepler, to me, and his turnaround, and obviously the return of Royce Lewis and had some big at-bats and all the grand slams, etc. But Max Kepler's turnaround at the plate was huge uh, for this team. And now he's in the cleanup spot. Uh, tonight in game one of the ALDS. So a lot of feel-good stories. And then the fact that the the pitching went through some injuries, but you got some key relief appearances from a guy by the name of Brock Stewart who came back just in time for the postseason. And now you look at this postseason pitching roster and you're thinking, it's borderline an embarrassment of riches. Um. Bailey Ober gets the start in game one. We know Pablo Lopez will go in game two, Sonny Gray in game three. That's already in writing uh, for the Twins, how they're going to go in the first three games. You got Kenta Maeda uh, down in the bullpen if needed. Griffin Jacks has been good in the postseason after some ups and downs. Brock Stewart is back. And then you have Caleb Thielbart, Louis Varlin, who's come back from St. Paul. Uh, with with some amazing velocity. And then, of course, uh, Joan Duran out of the bullpen, closing out games. It has been a roller coaster at times, but still has electric stuff. So all of those combinations. Now, uh, the Twins in, head into an American League Division Series against a good Houston Astros team, feeling really good about the pitching. And defensively, when you start with Carlos Correa at shortstop and Michael A. Taylor in center field, that's a good place. I know there's concerns about Jorge Polanco and his play at third 
and Eddie Julian at second base. I think Kirilov does a nice job. Uh, Kepler is a good outfielder in right. I, I think Matt Walner's serviceable in left. So in general, defensively, where you need to be strong, short center field, the, the Twins have to feel pretty good about that. And then, of course, a very good right fielder in, in Max Kepler. So interesting series starting later today. We'll take a break. We'll come back. A lot going on. Golden Gold for football. Little brown jug on the line. Number two Michigan in town tonight at Huntington Bank Stadium. And the Loons have moved on from Adrian Heath. All of that with Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Twins, Astros, game one of the ALDS from Houston. Lineup card 245 with Chris, Corey, and Danny on the play-by-play at 345. Extended post-game coverage tonight here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Right now, a little golden go for football, loon soccer, Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press. Andy, kind of quiet, not a lot going on in your world. No, yeah, yesterday was pretty chill. <laughs> you know, I was able to just sleep in and, you know, take a nap, you know, just really wow. recharge the batteries yesterday. Yeah, crazy day. Let's start with the loons, Adrian Heath out. It, it startled me, your thoughts on Adrian Heath's removal. You know, the, the news itself didn't startle me. The timing of it did. You know, I, I, I got a sense uh, from a few people that there were rumblings of how Adrian might be on, on shaky ground, given how things have gone towards the end of this season, uh, which has included a, a seven-game winless streak and falling out of the Western Conference playoff picture. I was surprised by the timing. I thought, given the fact that, you know, he, he has been here almost seven years, that he was going to get the opportunity to, to see what could happen at the end of this year. Now, CEO Sherry Ballard spoke with reporters yesterday, and she said that, you know, they had felt that, you know, kind of this was this was time for it. You know, they had seen what she called, quote, plateauing results over the last couple of years. So it wasn't so much of, of them getting into the playoffs and be, that being enough for them. Obviously, it's a bloated playoff field. It used to be seven teams. Now it's nine. The Loons are in twelve. And, you know, they've been one and done in the playoffs the last two years. Uh, so, you know, Sherry Ballard and owner Bill McGuire decided that, that now was the time for a change. Yeah, and uh, the the Loons will, will march forward, long shot to get to the postseason at this point, the way they are playing. A- Andy, quick thought on that before we move on to the Gophers. What, what do you think ultimately it was? Because there was – uh, the the stuff with Renault so earlier in the year, maybe not Adrian He's fault, but it, it just seemed that th- this club has been kind of snake bit in 2023. Yeah, you know, obviously not having your best player for the first 40% of the season uh, is, is part of the issue. However, you know, they have Reynoso now, and they're not getting it done. They're not able to score enough goals. Uh, they're conceding head-scratching goals. Uh, they've had some issues, you know, with uh, you know, substitution. They've had some issues uh, with just overall success of the team. I think that's the biggest thing. Obviously, the legacy of Adrian Heath is the fact that you know, he took this team from a you know a laughing stock early on in their MLS era to respectability. He you know made them a, a threat. You know, they had that great playoff run in 2020. Uh, they went to the Western Conference Finals. They went to the final of the U.S. Open Cup. You know, they took them to to pretty good levels around here. 
And you know how it goes, Steve. I mean, you're obviously at the end of the day, when you're here long enough, you're not judged against what the outside standard is. You're judged based on what you've done in the past as well. Right. And that's what ultimately was the issue for Adrian is they weren't consistently in that top half, that top five teams in the league. And that's really what cost them at the end of the day. Andy Grady joining us from the Pioneer Press on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Andy has much more online at TwinCities.com and the paper on what's going on with the Loons. All right, on to the Golden Gophers before we run out of time. Huge game tonight, Little Brown Jug on the line. Number two, Michigan in town, overwhelming favorite. I saw a post uh, earlier, Andy. It will take a a concerted effort for the Golden Gophers uh, to pull the upset tonight. I, I, I think your words were an almost perfect game tonight. Yeah, I think so, just given the fact that Michigan is a two-time defending Big Ten champs. You know, they've been to the college football playoff in back-to-back seasons, and Coach Jim Harbaugh thinks that this is the best team he's had in Michigan. You know, They're obviously an 18-19 point favorite tonight. The Gophers, as we've talked before, Steve, have I've had issues this year. Obviously, that collapse at Northwestern is probably number one. Uh, but losing to North Carolina, letting Louisiana hang around, you know, needing uh, heroics to beat Nebraska, you know, just looking at, at the resume of what the Gophers have done this year and what the resume is for Michigan over the last couple of years. It looks, it looks pretty daunting. They're going to need to you know, play a perfect game and probably get some help with some turnovers and score points off of them and and I've hit on some explosive plays to be able to, to stay in the game, much less win it. Yeah, and uh, you, you had a post as well about uh, Darius Taylor game-time decision tonight. Yeah, you know, um, it, it looks like he's going to try to potentially give it a go. Uh, you know, P.J. Fleck talked earlier this week that he's hopeful to get Darius Taylor back. He's won Big Ten Freshman of the Week three times. He's been really the biggest bright spot on this team. Obviously, Zach Evans did a nice job against Louisiana last week, but you know, Darius Taylor is is looked at as as a real difference maker. I, I'm a little surprised that, that he's going to be able to give it a go, given what Zach Evans did last week and the fact that they've got a bye week coming up. I, I thought that you know, they'd probably try to rest Darius Taylor and, and give him another week to get ready for Iowa. Uh, we'll see if he's able to warm up and, and able to give it a go, but I think last week we saw Zach Evans can can do a nice job. Yeah, and Andy, there, there was a lot of talk about this season, how – the, the schedule got rugged in a hurry. Michigan on the road at Iowa. We know the story with Iowa. And uh, s- some tough ones late in the year at Ohio State. Uh, Wisconsin on the schedule, uh, of course, is always. So uh, no no easy games coming up for the Golden Gophers. Yeah, you know, I think you, you can – I mean, obviously the Northwestern loss changes the math on, yep. on if they're able to get to bowl eligibility. But I still see a path for this team, right? I think Michigan State, Illinois, Purdue, end of October into you know, mid-November are three very winnable games. Two of those are at home. I, bet, I imagine that the Gophers will be favorites in those games. Obviously, the Gophers haven't beat the Hawkeyes in Iowa City since, I think, 1999. Uh, but they lost Kate McNamara to a season-ending knee injury. I don't think their backup is, is nearly in the same category as Kate McNamara, so I think that one is is likely, a, you know, maybe more of a toss-up game. And, and Wisconsin, you know, they're not the Wisconsin of old. Obviously, Luke Fickle's in his first season. He's kind of rebuilding it on the fly. So, obviously, there are difficult games on the schedule. You know, two of the Blue Buds, two of the, the biggest rivals, and three probably winnable games. But, you know, if you're able to 
maybe flip one of those rivalry games, then you're sitting at bowl eligibility and, and maybe seven, if you get both of them, maybe even eight wins. So, you know, it's not a, not a foregone conclusion that this is, you know, kind of completely a down year for the Gophers. All right, Andy, thanks for the update. I know you've been super busy. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Take care. Andy Greeter, Pioneer Press, online, TwinCities.com, the latest on the loons, and, of course, complete coverage of the Golden Gophers and the Wolverines tonight at Huntington Bank Stadium. We've got to run, by the way, Vikes and Chiefs tomorrow uh, in the late television window at U.S. Bank Stadium, Vikes underdogs. That, that'll be tough for sure. Uh, we'll have the news. A lot on the Twins coming up. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.